to the Memory Hole Show, where we talk about controversial ideas, unacceptable views, and pry through the madness. I'm your host, Brian. Thanks for joining me this week on the Memory Hole Show. So yet another year has gone by and Halloween is over. My kids are getting a little bit old for trick-or-treating. My youngest one went out as a giant banana. My middle one went out as a hamburger. And my oldest one went out in a onesie as a bat. You know, you can never take the kid out of anybody, really. Everybody always has a little bit of that left over. In other news, education workers in Ontario are probably going on strike soon. They've had a total of 8% in raises over the last 10 years, which is really not enough to keep up with inflation at all. But it makes me wonder, if that's all your union could get, then what are you paying them for? Anyways, continuing on the theme from last week, another villainous program for us regular people brought to you by those people that always seem to know what's best for us. And as usual, before I get in, don't forget to share the show notes, subscribe to the podcast, tell somebody else about it so they can subscribe to the podcast and check out the show notes at memoryholeshow.com. And now on to the show. I've spoken before about how tyrants get to practice their villainous ways and how they learn from previous tyrants. And with each iteration, tyrants try to avoid the errors of their predecessors. Through time, they attempt to perfect their craft. This week, I'd like to go back in history to look at one of the architects of tyrannical ideas in the modern era. This character created a list of goals that he believed would cause a takeover in 10 steps. Now, I promised to tell you the name of the person at the end of the episode. Some of you will no doubt guess who this person is, and I thought it would be useful to review these 10 steps and to see how far each of them has infiltrated our society. So let me begin with an idea that I'm reminded of in mixed martial arts. I've been watching MMA for quite some time and there's always a champion in each weight division. Some of those champs are short-lived while others hang around for a while. But everyone wants the belt, but only one can have that belt. Once the champ is defeated, somebody else gets the belt. The new champ has now moved from a lower rank to the top rank. Now getting back to this week's lovely character, his goal was similar to the MMA fighter. In today's parlance, he wanted Main Street to overthrow Wall Street. But the irony is that once Main Street overthrows Wall Street, Main Street becomes Wall Street and Wall Street becomes Main Street. In effect, they've swapped positions in the hierarchy of society and so you have a new ruling class and a new underclass. So guess what happens at this point? It's no different than MMA. The cycle continues and this is how history repeats itself. In the quest to get the belt and become the champion, 10 steps were needed. So let's see how far we've come with the 10 steps. Step number one, abolition of property in land and application of all rents of land to public purposes. People never take property rights as seriously as they need to. So let me ask you, who owns you? What does that mean precisely? Do you own yourself? Does the government own you? As a person, you can do things, and those things can create value for yourself or for someone else. So essentially, your efforts, your labor, are a means of production. I frequently talk about different government styles that impact who owns and controls the means of production. Well, that's you as a labor input, or the things you've accumulated like tools and machines as assets to produce value. 
public ownership is always sold as everyone having equal access to the means of production. It's all shared in common. But this is impossible to practice in reality. Let me give you an example. Think about Costco offering all their products for free. How much of that free stuff do you think would be there when you show up to the store? Unfortunately, there will be nothing left for you. Not unless someone is there to either control how much everyone gets through quotas or shockingly, unless they were to put a price on the item so that you wouldn't be able to simply take all of those things. The point is, is that public ownership is never equal. There was always a hierarchy of control. The trick is to find the fairest one. Now, owning land is no different than any other physical asset or means of production. If you weren't allowed to own land, then you'd be at the whim of whatever the government wants. What public ownership means is you'll own nothing, except I don't think you'll be happy. When we look at land ownership in the modern West, however, everywhere you go, you have to pay property taxes. Even after your mortgage is paid off, you have your monthly or yearly rent to pay in the form of a property tax. Stop paying your property taxes and you'll have your land taken from you. So as far as step one goes, mission accomplished. Land ownership in the West is now an illusion. Step two, a heavy progressive or graduated income tax. Let me start by saying that every Western society that I can think of has a progressive income tax. Step two has been achieved. Here's what's interesting. Governments try to control people's behaviors in two main ways. Governments will provide incentives as a way to nudge or force people into a certain desired behavior. When the population of many countries was slowing down, for example, mothers started to receive baby bonuses. This was a way to help with the cost of having kids, which was a way to incentivize that behavior. On the other hand, taxes are forced on the citizens as a way to deter people from doing a certain behavior. Taxes on cigarettes is an example of this. So I ask, why would a government want to discourage people from making more money, from producing more wealth? Part of the problem is how people frame the idea of money. When people haven't been educated about what money is, naturally, they don't understand how it works. You see this anytime you hear about fair share talking points. This is the idea of the zero-sum game, that money is a fixed amount and that if someone has more, others have to have less. Think of it as if somebody robs you. Your money is now out of your hands and in the hands of someone else. Their gain was at your expense. The major point that is missed is that people constantly add value to society. That value grows the supply of wealth, usually measured in dollars. In the end, there is no zero-sum game. If you add value, someone will pay for that value. So if I add value over time, the total sum of that value of all of society will grow. And I'm rewarded for my efforts. And that's how it should be. So why should I progressively be taxed at higher rates the more I provide value to others? Don't we want more value and not less? I guess not when you think it's a zero-sum game and that all the extra money I got from providing value to others is somehow stealing from those very people. It's a twisted and lazy way to think that leads to some people freeloading off others. Step three, abolition of all rights of inheritance. One of the things that most parents try to do 
is to make a good life for their family and their children in particular. I want my kids to be better educated and more successful than me, to be fulfilled, to have a wonderful family one day, things like that. And one of the things that will help them achieve that is what my wife and I leave to them one day after we're gone. One thing is for sure though, I'm not working my ass off to have the government confiscate that money and rob my children. The government did not work for that money. My wife and I did. This sinister idea that when you die, the government will inherit my wealth, which would really be the wealth of my children, might be one of the most sinister and wealth-destroying things a government could do. Talk about disincentivizing trying to work hard and produce more value for others and make the world a better place. But knowing that my kids would be robbed of my wealth, I would rather burn it all down than to give it to those greedy bastards in the government. So it'll come as a big surprise that some U.S. states have already implemented either an inheritance tax or an estate tax. And then there's the federal estate tax if you have over a certain amount of money. And either versions of this are evil. In the end, this is partially implemented, so it's not good. Step number four, confiscation of the property of all emigrants and rebels. Just like being censored or canceled for not spewing the official narrative, this idea of confiscating property if you try to escape the regime or if you say something bad against it is truly mind-blowing. And well, big surprise, California thought this would be a good idea. After years of destroying that state with woke stupidity, more people are actually leaving than coming. So to fix that, they proposed a wealth tax, Bill AB 2088, for when you leave. But worse than that is they tax you for up to 10 years after you leave. See this link in the show notes for more info. Anyways, it's insane. I guess your assets and your efforts truly belong to the government. So step four is partially implemented. Step five, centralization of credit in the hands of the state by means of a national bank with state capital and an exclusive monopoly. Well, this will be a really quick and easy one. There is the Federal Reserve in the US and the Bank of Canada in the Great White North. They control the money supply and the interest rates. Central control equals you have no control. You have to love going public. Check step five off that list. Step number six. Centralization of the means of communication and transport in the hands of the state. Well, this one's an interesting one. Canada has a heavy hand in paying off mainstream media, but worse, they now want to control the internet via Bill C-11. They say it's because they love us and they want the best for us, the best content, Canadian content, but we all know this means censorship for those that don't comply with the government narrative. Another step checked off the list. Step number seven, extension of factories and instruments of production owned by the state, the bringing into cultivation of wastelands and the improvement of the soil generally in accordance with a common plan. Now, since this author is from a different century, owning and controlling the means of production was the way it was believed would be best. But today's politicians, both on the left and the right, don't actually care as much about ownership. Think of it this way. By not owning it, they don't have to maintain it. What they do instead is implement government controls on your property, so in effect, they get all the control over the means of production that they need. 
It's one of those getting better with each iteration sort of scenarios. So for step seven, in effect, they've mostly done this. Step eight, equal obligation of all to work and the establishment of industrial armies, especially for agriculture. Now this one's interesting. Remember the days when a household could afford for one parent to stay home? Not anymore. All must work. Sometimes more than one job per person, in fact. But you know who doesn't have to work? Politicians. Now, when I say they don't have to work, let me be more specific. They don't have to produce value to society. They just extract money from other people. And in fact, this one really does rattle people, but no one in the public sector actually adds revenue to the tax base. Public sector workers, although they do pay income taxes, in the end, they're a net draw on taxes. Think about it. If they make, let's say, $40,000 a year and they pay $10,000 in income taxes, they've actually removed $30,000 from the tax base. They didn't contribute 10, they took 30 out. So in essence, they didn't actually add new money to the tax base. People that work in the private sector technically contribute all the new tax money to the tax base. Anyways, I'm getting off point. Everyone has to work nowadays, so mission accomplished for step eight. Step number nine, combination of agriculture with manufacturing industries, gradual abolition of all the distinction between town and country by a more equable distribution of the populace over the country. How would one propose to distribute people in an equal manner over the country? Both cities and rural spaces have very useful and distinct purposes. I myself would never live in a city. It's way too busy for me. But some people would die of boredom trying to get by in the countryside. This solution ignores the different needs and desires that people have. But that's a typical socialist communist mindset. One size will never fit all as long as people are free. Don't forget, and I don't remember where I got the saying from, but free people are not equal. For step nine, I would say this is probably not implemented in any meaningful way as far as I can tell. On to step 10. Free education for all children in public schools and abolition of children's factory labor in its present form. Combination of education with industrial production, etc. So obviously kids haven't been able to have jobs for quite some time and that's mostly good. I mean, my 12 year old would love to have a job so he could buy a PlayStation 5 or whatever. He wants stuff, but for now he needs to be a kid. As for education, at least here in Ontario, it's a disaster. The curriculum is increasingly teaching woke supremacy at the expense of reading, writing, and math. Kids are taught to be advocates and protesters rather than independent, self-supporting people. This is in large part because all the tax money that is taken for education is given to the public school system rather than following the student. This means there's no competition. So without competition, the product will always suffer. If you have enough money and you want to abandon the tax money that has been given to the public system that you paid for, then you can put your kids in private school. But that's something only available to wealthier people. Now the government always talks about helping the poor, but sadly their policy to force education money to stay with the institution rather than the kid will inevitably add more barriers for those kids to achieve success in life. That's some strange kind of love, but you can consider step 10 completely achieved. 
So who, in the end, proposed all these ideas that the modern Western world has implemented? Well, you guessed it, none other than Karl Marx. You know, the communist manifesto guy. Yep, you heard that right. He would be proud of what the West has become. Now, if you're curious as to how this was pulled off, listen to episode 32, Did Freedom Get COVID? The former Soviet agent Bezmenov listed how this would happen. Now, I know that much of the current state of affairs happened before Bezmenov, but that's besides the point. His plan could be executed at any time throughout history. That's why sitting idly by watching Netflix all the time while the wolves are feeding on our futures doesn't work. We as individuals in society need to stand up and push back. So I really thought it would be interesting to take a look at those 10 planks of the Communist Manifesto just to see how far we've come from our more free times of the past to the current very socialistic, communistic mindset and governing style that we have now. Now, if you don't mind, do me a solid head on over to memoryholeshow.com and check out the show notes for this week's episode. Plus, I have all the other episodes listed there as well. Spread the word. Help fight this slow boil down into the hole of tyranny. You can find me on Twitter at memoryholeshow as well. Leave comments there. Or if you don't like something, let me know that way too. doesn't matter. I love feedback. Wherever you jump in, join the conversation and unsilence yourselves. And don't forget... Speak up or you'll get memory hold. All content from MemoryHoleShow.com and the MemoryHole Show is for the purpose of entertainment and is presented solely as opinion.